Hey friends, I'm Rob, and this is The Lessie Revolution, a food and climate justice podcast. This podcast is coming to you from Treaty 13 land, the traditional territories of the Wendat, Anishinaabeg, Haudenosaunee, and Mississaugas of the Credit. I recognize the many nations of Indigenous people who currently live on this land, have spent time here, and the ancestors who have hunted and gathered on this land. I also acknowledge the many people of African descent who are not settlers but whose ancestors were forcibly displaced and made to work on these land. I remain committed to both Indigenous sovereignty and Black liberation as an ally and believe we need both in our food systems and the environmental movement. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to two of my best friends, Rahul, who is an environmental activist in Mississauga, and Leon, who is an artist and animator. And we're going to be talking about two of my favorite things, comics and nature. If you're not into comics, that's totally okay. We explain all the characters, plots, and stories that we'll be talking about. But I do have to warn you, it's very typical for me and my friends to uh, rant and talk for a very long time, and that definitely happened in this conversation. But I didn't want to edit it too much because I want the conversation you hear to be as authentic to what it actually was. So today we'll be talking about Wonder Woman and how female characters are portrayed in comics. We'll also be talking about filmmaking and balancing profits and environmental messages these films are trying or not trying to send out. We're also going to be talking about Poison Ivy and the role she played in helping people explore the GMO debate. And we'll talk about the role and impact of female environmental leaders across the world. This episode is part one of a three-episode series that explores comics and nature. I'm going to switch you over to the conversation now. Hope you enjoy. Oh, the cookies your sister-in-law dropped off? Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she baked them because that's her business. So she baked me a bunch of cookies. And I was like, cool, I'm an adult. I'm eating dessert for dinner. Um, cool. Well, I'm going to be eating my breakfast while we talk if that's cool breakfast is like it's like quarter after 11. i know it's my breakfast though i mean yeah, this is just what my life is now i had curry i had curry chicken for breakfast so i can't say anything mm, true anyways thanks guys for doing this i'm really excited yeah whatever it's good times have you talk. started yet? how's it what's the what's the what's the plan okay the plan is we're gonna talk about plants and nature in comic books because I love all three things but I don't know much about comics so I wanted to bring the two of you on because I know you're big nerds about it and I know you also don't mind talking about plants and nature. I'm here for comedic relief when it comes to knowing about comics. Uh. <laughs> I mean I... You yes, don't I know. me Rahul though. I know I'm gonna grab my breakfast I just turn off my video for a sec. Okay. I know a lot about comics, but I'm I'm rusty in reading like the newer stuff because I've been broke and I've had no money to go and buy comics. Um, That's okay. But... <laughs> I won't know if it's new or old stuff, anyways. Unless yeah, I mean, maybe if it's Wonder Woman, I might be I might know that. But do you really? Oh, do you want to rant me to rant on how shite that movie was? Oh my word! No, I haven't seen it yet. Haven't it's seen it yet. So bad, and I'm I'm so it's it's. It's so bad. It's, I know. it's excru- ex- there's literally a plot hole every six minutes. And that like literally nothing to do with like the actual like relationship to the comic book character. But the movie itself is just a pile of garbage. 
hot steaming oh. dumpster fired garbage. It's oh, so bad. On. Okay, no, that is way, way too strongly exaggerated. It is it's okay, it's got major problems. It? It's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed oh. it. I mean if there's obviously huge flaws, but it's not a bad movie. Like as far as movies go, I don't think so. Uh see, so here here's here's what I, I've discovered and gleaned from people that I'm telling how it's bad it is. They're just like, Yep, the movie has absolutely major flaws and it's not good. But I enjoyed it. And I'm like, so you're just ignoring all of the flaws? Like, it feels like we're at a year now where everyone is just like, last year was so crappy. Let me at least hold on to some semblance of fun things. And I'm like, but it's not good. (laughs) Speaking to my feeling, if I actually enjoyed it, I have to be honest about that. But yeah, like, I I don't know much about the comics um, backstory. Uh, I mean, I haven't even, you know, uh, like, I don't think I've read a single comic of Wonder Woman's, but... um, (gasps) Thing, like, I, don't, that's like, sure. I haven't read many DC comics at all. Like maybe I've read like ten in my life. Are you more <laughs> like, a Marvel person? Is that no, I haven't read Marvel comics either? I've read actually other comics. Like as you know, like the one you gifted me. Like I've read those styles of comics. Right. I like I I so with this movie I I removed myself yeah. from like the comic book perspective, yeah. and then just from like a writing perspective and like a person who does like marketing and advertising and like loves film perspective like there's continuity issues throughout it so like there's times of people's like literally their hands are open and then the camera turns and their hands are closed and i'm like you clearly cut that multiple times there's you can't have patty jenkins literally rant in a separate video on her like personal social media about how much she loves the air force and then tell me an f-117a can fly from washington dc smithsonian all the way to Egypt in one tank of gas. I'm like, if you if you as a director say you're passionate about something and then make blatant mistakes, that means you are not passionate about it. You are you are are bending your presence to a social media demand. Like there's just there's things outside of the movie that I think the, like the director was just like, I I feel passionate about these things and this is how I want to do. And I'm like Clearly, you mm-hmm. don't feel passionate about it. Clearly, you're just a tool for whatever agenda you're pushing. Like, you can't do a feminist <laughs> movie and then skip over everything from 1919 to 1984. You skipped over the suffragette movement. You skipped over the Iranian independence movement. You skipped over the civil rights movement. You skipped over World War II and Rosie the Riveter. You think you did that on purpose? Nah, B. You know that WB and AB, AT&T have to deal with issues of how to portray female characters and i'm like this is you bending to the will and i just uh the movie's so crap um i don't know i i it's funny because like looking at especially in 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 the in this the vein of this podcast and talking about how nature and the world now is basically on notice about what's happening with the relationship of people and nature i'm seeing a lot of people actively choosing in the production of what they make profits over the messaging they're trying to portray. So yeah, that, that's, that's gonna, mainly what bugs me about Wonder Woman. I, is your, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, when you were talking and you're like, what's the agenda of this movie? I feel like their agenda is just to make money. Right. So that's why they can get away with all this stuff because people, and I, I know, Leon, I tell you this all the time. I love hearing your criticism of movies because you look at it so differently than 
myself and maybe even Rahul and just like the average person because I feel like you pick up on a lot of these things that most of us don't because we don't have the training that you do in picking this stuff out so me just watching it as a movie I'm like I love it but well then that's the thing so if we take that that context of the way that I watch movies Mm. in the context of nature and world like problems with climate change and stuff then if you take that aspect of it and you say okay well when someone writes a disaster film about you know climate change taking over the world whether it be you know 2012 the movie or the day the earth stood still which was technically an alien film but whatever or the day after tomorrow or the day after the tomorrow scariest movie ever or geostorm or whatever you want to do with how the world is being affected by climate change the theme in these movies is legitimately you know take care of the planet because the planet will fight back and there's all these issues but then at the end of the day if that is your if that is the message of your movie but then your goal is to only make money then how you tell that story and how you portray those issues and how you talk about characters in relation to the drama of the planet warming and killing everybody the second your motivation is money, then every real aspect of that film that tries to relate to the deeper meaning of what climate change means is is through the air. Like, no one cares anymore, right? Well, yeah, it's also ironic because I feel like making money and environmentalism are the complete, I mean, maybe not complete opposites, but you can't. Yeah, like they just go against each other a lot or they conflict a lot yeah which is incredibly ironic when you make a movie about climate change so when when you make let's say the day after tomorrow and the whole purpose of this film is you know how climate change is going to affect the world and populations and all this fun stuff but the movie's goal is to make money and then you make a movie like that that has this messaging and then all of a sudden you're putting all of your DVDs in in plastic cases and shipping them around the world and you're burning stupid amounts of fuel to fly across the world to film different parts that don't have to be filmed in different parts of the world just because you want a scenic view and you're distributing okay. millions of dollars to all of these problems. It goes both ways, though. What's the cost and benefit? Like, I'd say contrast that to an inconvenient truth, which at its time was very groundbreaking and was had a major impact on public opinion um, because it was after the worst hurricane season ever recorded, which helped. Um, I mean, and that one was mostly local. It was mostly filmed in the U.S. and it was a huge budget, but it did very well. And I think a lot of people learned about stuff changing at that time. You know, did it carry... um, I mean, the problem with movies as in general is they're sensational short term um, in people's minds. So even though it was a strong message and it, it carried through for maybe only a year, though. Yeah. So what was the what was the but that was a documentary I mean, also, right? Yeah. Like I mean, it did as big as a blockbuster. It did huge in the movie theaters. Well, yeah. Whether whether it made money and whether its purpose is to make money are two different things. So I think inconvenience truth, like. 100% its goal was education. Like it didn't frame itself as a mm-hmm. as a blockbuster. It said, look, we're making a documentary because we need to educate people on what's happening. 
people responded to that and they were like, wow, this is really interesting. Like, I need to know what's happening. The goal of that movie was not to make money because it originally premiered in what small theaters it originally premiered in like small settings and stuff like that only to strict audiences who cared about it and then opened up over time but when you make movies that legitimately are like hey this is about the world exploding but here's a plot about a romance that no one cares about i'm like uh like i i think i think when 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 movies have themes i think the movie should focus on those ideas rather than focus on the result of getting money which is exactly what Raph says contradictory to the actual movie business but do you think like if there was a movie like not a documentary but a movie just about like saving the world and like you know all the stuff that we're talking about you think people would actually come see it if it didn't have like this romance like other things that are maybe more relatable to people i don't know how successful a movie like that would be um i think yes if it's done if it's done right so like if you were to make a movie that talks about climate change and you have like i don't know a romance story behind it the way you portray climate change and the way you portray that conflict affecting the characters makes a difference. So if you if you were to do a love a romance story about someone in I don't know uh, the Philippines 50 years from now when you're seeing huge flooding and huge migration and water wars and all that fun stuff and all of a sudden these couples get separated and now they're like oh I work because of the climate change because of the water wars because of you know, the human migration, uh, I lost the love of my life, and now she's somewhere in Jakarta, and I'm somewhere in, you know, northern Iran. Now I'm also in a war zone, and I have to deal with having to find the love of my life again. The idea is still a love story. The idea is still a story that talks about two people having to reconnect because of the consequences of climate change. If the movie was created in a way that says, look, just because these two characters' lives are impacted by the fact that we screwed up the planet as a whole. I think framing it in in the way that the cause of these characters' turmoil is the fact that we didn't take care of the planet, mm-hmm. right? And I think people would go watch that for a love movie, walk out and be like, oh man, like, that's crazy to think that in a flashback, one of their grandparents was just an oil tycoon and this is why they're dealing with all this shit that they're dealing with now um so i mean like there there's there's certain ways to tell stories that don't necessarily take advantage of what's happening but tell an honest truth about it Mm -hmm. that's fair i would watch a movie like that i think i'd be into it yeah i mean it'd be it'd be cool I'd, i'd watch that bollywood movie Oh my! Imagine if it was a. They should definitely make a Bollywood movie with all these like songs about climate change, and I would be so into that. Yeah. Maybe it already exists. I don't know. I don't know much about Bollywood, honestly. Yeah, I've been watching more and more Bollywood, but like, it's funny because like I, I grew up, especially with comic books in general. Um, a lot of writers would talk about these issues, but not do it in a way that was 
particularly like putting people on blast. So mm-hmm. like for me, like I, I grew up reading like Batman books and watching Batman cartoons and I look at Poison Ivy and I'm like, yeah, she's a, she's a Batman villain. Cool. But like the idea that this character was only created as a response to GMO production in North America and the feminist movement and the suffragette movements in North America and the writers saying, well, we could have a female villain, but you know, let's actually put purpose behind this character's existence. Mm-hmm. Whatever the character does, whatever, she runs around, she robs banks, she kills people, she's an eco-terrorist, whatever. But at the end of the day, like the creation of that character was designed to raise awareness of are the question are GMOs and it and is editing plant life for the benefit of human beings an ethical decision? Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Yeah. Have we talked about this before? Because I don't think I knew that, but it kind of sounds vaguely familiar. So maybe it's come up in a previous conversation. Oh. I don't know, I've ranted. I've ranted about it before. Okay. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> okay. But first, poison ivy. I think that's a great starting point. If people don't know about Poison Ivy, tell me if I'm wrong in my background. But she's, like you said, super villainous from the Batman comics. She has a very iconic look with, like, the flowy hair. She always has, like, leaves and vines in a costume arrangement. She is or was, I know she was, I don't know if it still technically is, but botanist and biochemist. Nope, still a doctor, yeah. So still botanist and biochemist. Uh, She has a poisonous touch, control over plant life, and she uses like plant toxins and other like mind controlling things to protect endangered species and nature. And just in general uses most of her powers to like save the environment. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So with with Poison Ivy, um, when they created that character, so at the time, Batman, they wanted to create characters that were polar opposites of Batman's personality. Mm-hmm. And in the late 50s, early 60s, something like that, um, they realized that there were no um, women, like major villains or, or major kind of presence in comic books. So they said, hey, let's make a female villain. Now, this character was essentially originally inspired by um the idea that she is a doctor and she's studying these things and that was being undermined by um the people who basically drove her into villainy for the most part um because you know you write a comic there's a doctor who's a female taking advantage of a whole bunch of drama behind that etc wait like, um, like like her are you talking like about her backstory like how she became poison ivy with like the doctor she was working with was like using her or like I don't remember what it was but I think it was like he was like doing ex- plant experiments on her that drove yeah. her mad yeah yeah uh and and a whole bunch of sexual assault on top of that but um a lot of it was just a matter of them trying to write a story about how undervaluing people in society can lead to um greater disasters, um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a mirror of Batman because the idea of undervaluing 
people in Gotham City is what causes all the crime. So they put a lot of actual thought into creating this character. It's weird because we look back from 2020 and say, oh, Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy is an eco-terrorist mm -hmm. um, when she first started, because clearly back then they were just like, we don't care about nature, all about people, all about machines. Woo! Um, now, especially in the evolution of the character, you, she's not really a villain anymore. Mm. If anything, she's closer to an anti-hero because the readers and in 2020 were just like, yeah, Batman's a billionaire and she's literally just trying to save the rainforest. I feel like one yeah. of those people are the bad guys and it's not the one trying to save the planet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that a lot of environmental activists or just like people who are trying to like spread the message kind of have to balance as how they come across in their message, how they talk about these things so they don't come across as like too aggressive or being labeled as like you know something more on the side of eco-terrorists but I also liked how you mentioned or not you didn't mention this but when you were explaining um how she was like the like they needed a female character in the comic in the Batman comic world and it just happened to be at the same time that they wanted to like represent this like um yeah just like the idea of GMOs and like is it good is it bad like, what's the deal with it because and, and I find that interesting because it just happened to be a female that's like representing this environmental position and there's so many females around the world who are like really the pushers of these environmental movements and they don't really get recognition for it or it's kind of turns into a poison ivy situation where maybe not so much i mean it still happens now but maybe less but where they're almost like villainized for it or they're just not seen in in that like nurturing trying to protect the environment yeah but welcome way. to welcome to human history Right. I mean, I mean, that's that's been that's been going on from pagan gods back in like Anglo-Saxon days to Egyptian gods to Native American represent like it to, to the, I, the even concept of Mother Nature, even going to the Bible and you got Lilith doing things in like chapter in one in Genesis. Like it's it's not uncommon for the idea of life givers being women mm -hmm. and that being undermined by for lack of a more sensitive term the patriarchy mm -hmm. um, well we can be more specific than that even i mean or i guess patriarchy is specific but also like colonial powers versus indigenous society mm -hmm. um and um developing countries where environmental champions uh, particularly women are recognized within their communities are being murdered in record numbers mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to say, like, yeah, 100% rule. And I think that's that's just something that is so ingrained in human psychology uh, about women's roles in history and current day that you it, it's it's difficult to be eco-responsible without being considered an eco-terrorist if you're a woman. If you're a guy and you're just like, I want to save the planet, for some reason, everyone's just like, yeah, cool, man, good for you, do your world thing. But if you're a woman that says it, immediately you have to deal with 50% of the people doubting whether that is something that you are qualified to do. Mm -hmm. 
and, and and if you are qualified to do it, you get questioned left, right, and center. And I think that's more so than most industries have to deal with. Mm-hmm. It, the layers relate to almost any uh, justice issue, right? Where women are treated as lesser, black, indigenous people of color are treated as lesser, in but but it at different amounts of um, of how much they take them seriously, how much leniency they'll give them, how far they'll let them go, and also how if they are recognized, in what way are they recognized? So is it token awards? Is it, okay, we won't murder you? <laughs> uh, is it, uh, we, won't, um, we won't elect you, right? And so, yeah, women are, are, are it's, it's a layer, it's a filter that society has put on them. Whereas like, if you're a man who's indigenous, you're still not given it, you're not treated seriously outside of your community in many cases. Um, and if you're in places like, you know, South America, most recently South and Central America, you are at an extremely high risk of getting killed, um, regardless of who you are, right? So it's like, yeah, it's it the time and the place you're in, it depends. But certainly, if you're of any of those categories, it seems, especially um, more visibly today, thanks to social media, you are you're in the crosshairs for the wrong reason, right? They're not paying attention to your issues; they're paying attention to what labels you have and um, why they shouldn't take you seriously because of those. Okay, friends, we're going to put this conversation about comics and nature on hold for now. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you would like to stay connected with Leon, you can find him on Instagram at leo.geo.john. He posts his art, animation, and projects he's working on there. One of his current projects is a Afrofuturism story that focuses on the relationship between Black people and nature. For updates on that project, you can check out his IG page. He also hosts a podcast with some friends called Plot Mechanics that explores and analyzes movies. You can listen to the Plot Mechanics podcast wherever podcasts can be found. If you would like to connect with Rahul, you can find him on Twitter and Instagram at Opportune City. He's working on an amazing project right now called Winter Seeking that is educating our community about winter, our changing seasons, and the intersections with climate change. For that specific project, you can check out Winter Seeking on Instagram. And as always, if you liked what you heard, hit that subscribe or follow button, and you can stay connected with me, your host, Rav, on Instagram at Shade of Mitty, or check out my website, shadeofmitty.ca. Thanks for listening.